is good sports world welcome to the family feud sports podcast i'm your host chris dell the mad journalist sitting here with my co-host slash father aka the godfather mr allendale former ncaa and tampa bay bucks beat writer and mr allendale jumping into things for the week we're talking about rankings we're talking about games to watch in week six your heisman watch as well as the godfather's hot seat as well as your biggest bum of the week biggest hero of the week and biggest upset of the week without further ado give me your top four rankings now five games into the season going into week six mr allendale take it away even though they haven't played anybody alabama still has the most talent they're the best professional team in college football so i give alabama number one Ohio State number two. They've got two good road wins over TCU and Penn State. Point well Clemson taken. number three, dealing with a lot of problems. A quarterback are coming through and LSU simply because who they've played. They, that's my top four, and I'll put Georgia on the outside, but they don't deserve a top four. Not right now, anyway. So. Okay, so I heard your top four. What about Kentucky? Where are the Wildcats yeah, at? Kentucky's right on the outskirts of that, 6-0. and Okay, we're late, go, going into this week. We had, we had a little bit of movement here in the rankings in terms of the AP Top 25 poll and USA Today coaches poll. Alabama still getting 99.999% of the first-place votes, 58 out of 60 in the AP Top 25 first-place votes going to the Alabama Crimson Tide, 61 out of 64 votes in the coaches poll going to Alabama as well. They've sat at number one all season long. Georgia two in the AP, Ohio State three, Clemson four. Hey, hello, LSU, just like I said last week, many, many times, LSU, one of the only, one of only two teams in the country to have beaten three ranked opponents on the season. LSU Tigers at 5-0, and still sitting at number five in the rankings. What is it going to take for those guys to crack the top four? I don't know, well, in, the, in these pollsters who are just extremely biased, in my opinion. Yeah, well, they, they're the, the, everything's laid out for them because they play at Florida, and then they got Georgia, Mississippi State, and Alabama. So everything is there for Ed Orgeron and LSU to, to sweep it out, even though going, going through that four-game murderer's row and coming out unscathed is – Almost impossible. Right, I'd so like to see Alabama do that, by oh, the way. Just correction real that. One of only three teams LSU is to have beaten two ranked teams in the country. Obviously, the opening week win over Miami and then winning at Auburn, big game. Well, like you said, big game at Florida this upcoming weekend. And then they're at home against Georgia. Two weeks after that, they play at home against Alabama. So, like I said, we'll see how far they climb up the rankings with those wins that obviously will climb up in the rankings if they get either you know two – or three of those wins. But my top four, I got LSU number one. They've been my number one for the last two weeks. The LSU Tigers, the Bayou Bengals, have not allowed more than 21 points in a single game this season in all five games that they've played. Notre Dame number two, huge win over Stanford. Looked convincing as a national title contender. The Notre Dame Fighting Irish, a very convincing win over the Stanford Cardinal. I got them number two in my rankings. And they only have one ranked team left on the schedule, and that's this weekend against Virginia Tech. The Notre Dame plays at Virginia Tech 8 p.m. Saturday night, oh, one of the biggest games to watch for in week six. And before we get into the, the biggest games to look for in week six, we're, I'm going to give you the rest of my rankings. Kentucky Wildcats number three. They got a big game this weekend at Texas A&M, 7 p.m. Saturday night game. Benny Snell Jr., my top Heisman candidate at the moment. And then Alabama, the first time all season I'm ranking them in the top four. And it's only because of your boy, as you like to call him, to a T, and the offense on that team and how they've been 
just this offense compared to years past is just second to none. It's on a whole nother level, and that's why I think Alabama, they've looked so impressive, even though their schedule has been cupcake soft, to say the least. Their offense has been absolutely ripping opposing defenses apart. I'll put Alabama in there. And then honorable mention, Ohio State and Penn State. I mean, which team is really better than the other? Ohio State with a big road win, but Penn State should have had that one in many people's eyes. I got them five and six. I'll throw Auburn and Stanford in there, two teams with one loss that I think still have national title, college football playoff aspirations. And then the teams that don't even make my top eight, and they're in the top four, is Clemson, who hasn't played anyone, and they haven't looked good by any means. They they eked out a close comeback win against Syracuse. What's the situation at quarterback? Is there is their new guy the real deal? Um, uh, the Georgia Bulldogs, another team, have not played anybody. But Georgia has not played anybody this season. Another ridiculously soft schedule. But I will say this about the Georgia Bulldogs. If they're able to get through their own murderers row, okay, because starting in two weeks, they're at LSU – at home against Florida, at Kentucky, at home against Auburn. That's four top 25 teams they play in four straight weeks. If they win three out of those games or win all of them, then they will be in yeah, my well, top Florida's four Florida's a neutral site game. So. Okay, well, so, yeah, so, yeah. so either way right there. So Florida's still against a ranked team right there. Good insight, Mr. Allendale. Word. And then Oklahoma, another. Georgia, Clemson, Oklahoma, to me, do not deserve whatsoever to be even near sniffing that top four. And how about the UCF Golden Knights? Just for a little bit of fun in here, yeah. 4-0, <laughs> defending national champs around the Central Florida area. If they continue to win games, they're going to keep climbing up, what, one, two spots right, at a time? Here's a little scuttlebutt I heard out on the street. If UCF keeps winning and USF, that's South Florida, keeps winning, well, hey, a couple of years, Big 12, you take two of them. They don't want one. We've heard that before. If they take any, it's got to be both, and they're right down the road. But then you'd have a lot of complaints from SMU and Houston and Boise State, to name a few. But, but the scuttlebutt I've heard out there, hey, if UCF and USF keep winning, keep beating teams, and stay in the top 25, take both of them, put them in the Big 12. Oh, you just made my day, Mr. Allen, though. I would love to see that USF getting back. They were in the Big East, obviously, before yeah. getting into the American Athletic Conference. But that would up that rivalry to another level. Make the American Athletic Conference a, a power six. It, it's a good conference. Yeah, we'll see. USF, my, my South Florida Bulls, baby, my alma mater going – they're, they're still 4-0 on the season. They play at UMass this weekend, and they're still two spots from being ranked in, in the AP Top 25, one spot from being ranked in the coaches' poll. So right there, one more win for the USF Bulls. They, they need, might crack that top 25. They need 25. a dominating win, though. They didn't get it against East Carolina, and I don't know. They don't seem, they seem to play down in their competition. Yeah, it says there's no wins guaranteed for the USF Bulls, let's just say that. And about the games to watch for in Week 6, we mentioned a couple of them talking about our rankings how about number 19, Texas, at number 7, Oklahoma, noon kickoff for that game. LSU, we mentioned, number 5, at number yeah. 22, Florida. Notre Dame, number 6, at number 24, Virginia Tech. Those are the only three games between ranked opponents, Mr. Allendale. What are your thoughts on well, any of those games? Well, if you're a betting man, I, I, I say you got to take Virginia Tech in five and a half. In fact, I think there's a good chance Virginia Tech will get an upset. They've got that blemish, embarrassing loss to Old Dominion, and this a victory over the Fighting Irish, undefeated, ranked number six or seven, would, would erase the Old Dominion game without a doubt, and they're going to be sky high. They, they, they beat Notre Dame two years ago in Notre, at Notre Dame 34-31. The coaches, uh, Brian Kelly, is very cautious about this game, and I don't blame him. Notre Dame better not get too full of themselves. 
hearing how good they are and how they have a clear path to uh, to the final four because they don't. But this is an upset special. Great cash, homie. They're going to be a little down emotionally, and the Hokies are going to be sky high. The Hokies play better when they're the underdog and that people are saying they're no good. They, they fell in love with themselves, and uh, that's what Virginia Tech, Tech Justin Fuente noted the last time people were telling us how good we were and we forgot about everything else. Yeah, how about Virginia Tech considered their win this past weekend against number 22 Duke, the Hokies upset number 22 Duke. How many times are you going to hear that in college football? Not yeah. very often. But Virginia Tech Hokies quarterback Ryan Wilson threw for a career-high three touchdowns, 332 yards in that game. And they look good in that game. They, they won a, a big conference game on the road against a ranked opponent. I know Duke might not be ranked for that long this season or not anymore this season, but they still won that game. And obviously that was coming off the heels of one of the greatest upsets in college football history, losing at Old Dominion, right? Yeah. So maybe this team is back on the right track. We'll see how things balance yeah. out. Could Notre Dame be a little too sky high yeah. after the complete well, dominating win against Stanford? Oh, Notre Dame is feeling good about Ian Book at quarterback. He's started the last two games, seven TD passes, no interceptions. He's definitely made a difference. He knows how to pass. Okay, so moving on to, to another game on the schedule. A couple of games to note that aren't between ranked teams, but I think are definitely notable games to say the least with rankings implications, college football playoff implications. Number 13, Kentucky at Texas oh, A&M, 7 p.m. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, obviously Texas A&M, I, I think many people still think that they're the better team. Texas A&M favored by six points at home against undefeated Kentucky. Yeah, that, that's a that good one? bit, too, and uh, Kentucky has a chance to go 6-0 and for the first time since 1950. They got the, the Heisman off-the-radar guy in Benny Snell, Benny the Jet Snell, Junior, he leads the F FBS in carries. He's a total workhorse. He's averaging 127.8 yards per carry. On the flip side, A&M is, is one of the top teams in rushing defense, allowing only 85 yards. And i got to mention this, uh, jumping ahead, uh, Jimbo Fisher, Texas A&M coach, is my bum of the week, and because he grabbed his own player by – by the face mask, and he didn't have to do that to get a point across. He didn't like it, what he was doing out on the field. He didn't apologize for it, but that's it. He's got to remember he's not at FSU anymore where he could do anything he wanted. So, so Jimbo bad, Fisher, your bum of the week, and we'll for get into, that, we'll get into your awards of the week here in a few minutes. Okay. Let's just finish up here our, our biggest games to watch for in week well, six. And, and talking about Benny Snell real quick for a second in this game, Kentucky at Texas A&M, and this is – potential for Kentucky to get the maybe their biggest win and biggest win in program history here. Benny Snell Jr. on the season, eight touchdowns, eight rushing touchdowns. He's had over 99 yards rushing in four out of their five games this season. His lowest output of the, of the season so far has been 75 rushing yards in a game he only had 15 carries. So every single game this year, he's rushed for over five yards per carry, except for their last game against South Carolina. That was when he had 28 rushes for 99 yards. But this guy's getting it done, and, and he's a force to be reckoned with. And even when you look, you look at the ESPN quote-unquote expert, experts poll in the Heisman Watch, he's on the radar, but he's sitting there at number seven. As long as the, the Kentucky Wildcats continue to win games, stay undefeated, stay ranked, and this guy's their best player, and they're beating other ranked teams and other big-time programs, he's my number one Heisman candidate, and we'll get well, into that in, in, a, in a second. But FSU at Miami, another big game. Well, your, boy, your boy Willie Taggart at, at the 17th-ranked Hurricanes, 3.30 p.m., obviously huge rivalry game at Hard Rock Stadium in Miami. If I told you this earlier, kind of half-joking, but I'm actually more serious about this, is that Willie Taggart has a chance to get 
the biggest win in his head coaching collegiate football career. What do you say about that, Mr. Allendale? I can't argue with that. Uh, he did have that big win, uh, Stanford over USC. He was an assistant to Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, as like I said, head coaching career, Willie Taggart, the guy that takes the big bucks over there. Yeah, he can. Willie has been good at getting underdog teams to play well. I I predict it's going to be a close game, but I don't think he's going to. Uh, I don't think FSU has the the manpower, the poise to win this game. It's interesting that the game is in an afternoon game. It's usually a Saturday night game, but that shows how far FSU has fallen. So okay, we talked about USF playing at UMass. Obviously, that's just a little homer talk for us here, but. Alabama transfer quarterback for, for USF. What's, what's the guy's name again? Blake Barnett. Blake Barnett. I was thinking of Blake Bortles. Yeah. Blake Barnett, Alabama transfer at quarterback for the USF Bulls, has a chance with a convincing win against at UMass on the road, even though it's not a ranked team, that could propel them with a few losses with teams ahead of them in the rankings for USF to get back in the top 25. That would be something to see right there for sure. And the last game I have, which is a, a notable game in my opinion, Absolutely. you tell me if I'm missing anything, is Coach Herm Edwards, Arizona State Sun Devils, playing at number 21, undefeated Colorado. Yeah, but did we forget LSU at Florida? No, well, we, we mentioned that one. So LSU, Florida, what, you got any thoughts on that game? Or Yeah, and Ogeron, I'd like to see him keep going. I mean, he deserves a chance. He's got a good quarterback, Joe Burrow, the Ohio State graduate transfer, 6-0, and touchdowns, interceptions. Uh, it'll be a really good game. Uh, I like I, I like LSU to keep going. That's what I want to see. Well, give me give me your pick in that game. What do you what do you got? LSU Florida. Well, LSU, LSU favored by three on the road in that one. Yeah, I, I think LSU is going to win. I'll, I'll say twenty one seventeen. They're going to cover. Okay, and what and what about your uh, the other game? Notre Dame and Virginia Tech. You said up, upset alert right there well, for the Fighting Irish. Give gonna, me your pick. I, in that I, one. I want Notre Dame to win, but I'm going to pick Virginia Tech twenty. 28-25. 28-25, and then give me your pick, Florida State at Miami. Uh, well, I, I Taggart, think, Taggart bias aside, Mr. Allendale. No, it's I, know not, I, know, it, I know Taggart's texting you right now as we speak. So uh, He's not ready yet. Florida State's not ready to pull off a big upset. But Miami I, I favored was, by 13 and a half. It's a big yeah. spread right there. 31-23. Uh, I'll say 31-21. Oh, I, excuse me. Miami, so they so USF will uh, if they get thirteen, take take FSU, take the FSU, take the Seminoles. Okay, go home with some cash in your spread. pocket. So Tiger keeps it close, but but no cigar then in that one. All right, so moving on to our Heisman watch, the Godfather's Heisman watch. I'll I'll chip in and, and give you a few of mine as well. I told you Benny Snell Jr. I I I base my rankings whether it's the Heisman watch, whether it's the top four college football playoff rankings. I base it on what have you done, who have you played, who have you beaten. It's as simple as that. I'm not getting into all these politics on who wears the jersey with the most tradition, right, when it comes to who brings the biggest crowds to the stadiums, who has the, the most pageantry in, in their program. I think that's absolutely ridiculous. Benny Snell Jr. is playing for one of the best teams in the country right now. He's the best player on one of the best teams. He gets my vote. I'll give you Tua. I think Tua should be in there as well because he's taken this Alabama offense and, and vaulted it into a whole other level that we haven't seen in decades with the Alabama Crimson Tide. And then throw your boy Will Greer. He was one of your top two preseason he's picks for Heisman. There, yeah. He's still there. You know, they, they, they beat the top – they beat uh, number 25-ranked Texas Tech this past weekend. Uh, they got a, they got another game. They, they got a few games against ranked opponents on their schedule, and they're moving up the rankings. West Virginia 
number nine in the AP poll, number eight in the coaches poll. So we'll, down around. Yeah, so you know they they've got they've got some. They play at Texas a few, in a few weeks or in about a month actually, and then they're at Oklahoma State and against Oklahoma to close out the year. So if they get a, a two out of those three wins for Will Greer, he could definitely be one of the top two or three Heisman candidates at yeah. season's end. Well, you know who made a big case for himself, even though he didn't win, is Trace McSorley, the Penn State quarterback. He almost single-handedly won that game against Ohio State. Uh, unfortunately, he didn't get the ball in the last play, but I, I think he made a strong case for himself for the Heisman, even though it was a defeat. So don't forget him, and don't forget Justin Herbert, the uh, sharpshooter from Oregon, the Ducks fan. Okay, he's, he's falling all the way to the bottom of the ESPN experts poll. Heisman oh, watch. Well, Only one vote for your boy Herbert. Just clinging on over there, man. Uh, how, how about a couple of guys that are high on the list that aren't on either of our lists? I'm going to ask you your personal opinion, Mr. Allendale. Kyler Murray, Oklahoma well, junior he, quarterback. He should be on there after what he did uh, over the weekend. He didn't, uh, you know, he had an incredible game. So he, okay, what what about Dwayne Haskins? He's the guy who beat McSorley. Yeah, well, I, I don't know. He showed a lot of weaknesses. I think he's not mobile. He, he's he's kind of a statuesque quarterback. He has a good arm, but I don't think he's a Heisman type guy. Okay, and he's just a better NFL prospect than McSorley. But for college football, McSorley really shined in that game yeah he, he played well I'll, I'll give it to you i mean I, I don't know i don't i don't look at either of those guys as, as heisman uh candidates you know the big thing i don't know big knock on two is that he doesn't play enough i mean he, he's 14 touchdowns uh no interceptions uh but <laughs> just that's that alone right there should put you in the Heisman watch. I mean, but he, you know, he doesn't play the second half. Well, he didn't play. I don't think he played the well, second well, half. They're beating teams by 30 points. Yeah, at well, I don't know why now. they're playing University of Louisiana and why yeah, they're playing the right. Citadel late and, in the season. And that's why they haven't been in my rankings up until this week. And they're just number four in my rankings. And I, it, it was a hard, it was hard for me to put them there to say the least because of that cupcake of a schedule right there. And just talking about Will Greer, because he's in both of our top three at the moment, this guy has just been ridiculous at quarterback this year for the West Virginia Mountaineers. He has, in terms of passing touchdowns, 17 passing touchdowns, just three interceptions. The guy's thrown for at least 330 yards in every single game this season. His completion percentage is off the charts. He's thrown for more than 70% completion percentage in three out of their four games this year, not to mention they had that game canceled that was at North Carolina State because of the hurricane a few weeks back. So with another game under his belt, well, if he would have had that game under his belt, he could his stats could even be greater than what they are right now. So I, I see his stock only continuing to rise in the Heisman ranks. I'm going to give you two guys here, Heisman sleeper candidates, Mr. Allendale. You tell me from two undefeated teams. Let me say that if I say this guy's name right, LaVisca Chenault Jr., Colorado wide receiver. No, wide Sophomore wide receiver. I'm just going to give you this guy's numbers here real quick. He's had three games this season, 11 catches for 211 yards, 10 catches, 177 yards. Last week against UCLA, 12 catches, 126 yards, a touchdown in every game. I mean, this, this guy's been off the charts this year, and he's starting to get on the radar. Six foot two, 220-pound receiver, LaVisca Chenault Jr. for the undefeated Colorado Buffaloes. And then next one on the list, the defending national champs were in Florida, so we could say that UCF quarterback, junior, Mackenzie Milton, your boy, on the cusp of the Heisman radar if the UCF Golden Knights continue to win games. This guy is thrown for, let's see here, 13 touchdowns and three interceptions on the year, putting up a ton of yards as well. Mr. Allen, well, do either of these guys well, have, have well, a shot? Since we're throwing out numbers that, that of guys that can't win it but certainly have numbers, Cole McDonald, quarterback of Hawaii, incredible 
probably nobody knows about him. 24 TD passes, two interceptions. He's thrown for over 2,000 yards. The only player in the country to do that. Okay, FBS. I'll give but, you that uh, one. But he's not going to get it out of way. So. Heisman long shot right there, man. Hey. It's not even a long shot for the rainbow. <laughs> yeah, well, they, they always have those guys' pads. Who was that one guy who was the leader, the statistical leader in, like, every category in Hawaii? Oh, wasn't even a pro that. prospect. It, it was maybe five, ten years and back. he had the perfect name, name for a quarterback, too. Yeah, we, we got we to look that up for sure. All right, my favorite segment of the week. This is the Family Feud Sports Podcast, our weekly NCAA Insider Edition, our NCAA Week 6 preview for college football. My favorite segment of the week, the Godfather's hot seat, Mr. Allendale, former NCAA beat writer covering the USF Bulls and a slew of other things in college football. Mr. Allendale, give me your hot seat, the Godfather's well, the best, the best hot seat. Who's burning seat. up this week? They're, they're going to meet each other. Lovey Smith, Illinois, at Chris Ash Rutgers, they're, they're right on the hot seat, and the and the winner can slide off a little bit, but the loser is firmly entrenched on the hot seat. Uh, this is going to be a tough one. Chris Ash has really struggled at Rutgers. Rutgers is always struggling, but even they, even they've had some years. But Chris Ash, uh, he, he gets uh, two point three million. Neither, neither one of these are big time salary guys. He gets two point three million dollars. I don't know why. Rutgers is even in the Big Ten. Oh, that's because, yeah, they have television ratings and they're in the New York area. He's 4-8. and eight. Clay Helton's getting a lot of flack. He's a $6 million man. So. USC head coach Clay Helton. Yeah. Okay. And, and then just two guys yeah. here that, that, to me, are the two biggest hot seat names, but you say give them time. How many years do you want me to give these guys? Five, six, seven mm-hmm. years? Scott Frost, Nebraska well, Cornhuskers yeah, head coach. Former UCF coach getting paid a bazillion dollars a year. His last two games, Nebraska's been outscored 96 to 38. They lost by 14 points at home to unranked Purdue this past weekend. Chip Kelly, your boy. Last three games, UCLA has been outscored 125 to 51. So much for being an offensive mastermind, Mr. Chip Kelly. Scott Frost, his three-year career record. Is nineteen and eleven. That that's not bad. Okay. Not counting this year. Obviously. Oh, he's zero and four this okay, year. Exactly. So so he's. You're talking about UCF. Uh, uh, he's getting they didn't five million. Yeah, he's getting five million dollars. So he's not going any place. They're going to be happy with him, and I think he'll do it. And I say the same thing for Chip Kelly. So even Whoa. if UCLA and Nebraska go winless the entire year, neither of them get canned. No, but Lovey Smith. Let me get back to him. He's seven and twenty-one career. And at, at Illinois, and Chris Ash is 7-22. and 22. They couldn't be as close as they are. Chris Ash is 1-4 this year. Lovey is 2-2. Uh, Lovey makes $3.2 million. Chris Ash makes two point three. Why they're, again. Well, with, with Lovey Smith, isn't it the same thing with Nebraska? It's a hometown guy. Lovey Smith's the hometown guy. He well, coached he the Bears. Bears. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, he's from Texas. Yeah, well, but, but he's, he's, a, he's a well-known coach from that area is what I'm saying. Maybe, not this, maybe he's not an alumni of the school, but – I the mean, guy, the guy, what, what can you expect at Illinois? That's, it's not a big-time college football program we're no, talking he, about he, here, right? He inherited a total disaster. So. Yeah, so, I mean, that's the same thing we're talking about, inheriting disasters at Nebraska and UCLA. UCLA was good last year, but that's because they had Josh Rosen. Yeah. So. Nah, UCLA wasn't that good, but. Uh, well, I mean, they, they, they were they were good enough. They weren't getting completely drubbed every week like they are now under Chip Kelly. I don't, I don't know. At Louisville, Bobby Petrino's getting some heat. They, they blew a game against uh, Florida State. Uh, Last week was really surprising. Uh, Bobby Trino is 77 and 30, so he's not that bad. I How mean, do you play, been, man? Uh, uh, at Louisville for two stints. 
He's 119 and 51 uh, career-wise, 4.2 million. I, I'd be careful about getting rid of him. Yeah, and, and I think you got some controversy over over what he did to get canned a few years back oh, with, yeah, the, with the, the whole off-the-field controversy. And, and I think there's some people that have had him on their hot seats since that even happened before he was reinstated the second time. So, yeah, I, I see why the, the, the heat is there for Bobby Petrino. All right, Mr. Allen Delhi, the horse head in the bed, the godfather. I asked you this last week. Has it changed going into this week? As of today, who will be – the first college football head coach fired this season, whether it's this next week or in the next two weeks. I say, the next uh, month. Um, I'll go with Chris Ash from Rutgers. Chris Ash. Now he may save himself with a victory over in Illinois, but if he loses at home to Illinois and it's a bad loss, I, I, I say he's out the door. But David Beatty from Kansas, uh, you look at his record: five and thirty-six in four years. That's Take me outside. That's not How very good, that? but he's two and three this year. That, you know. Well, they got a chance to get blown out at West Virginia. This at West Virginia favored by 28 and a half points in that one this week. Uh, I take West Virginia on that one. <laughs> you take the spread on that one, 28 and a half yeah. points. Yeah. Wilger uh, racking them up. San, right. San Jose State coach Brent Brennan, he he's he's he could go out quick too. All right. Well, I mean, one who in, who talks one, about San Jose State when it comes to college football? They yeah. gave USF a tough game last year. I bet she's making some years. good money though. I'll tell you that. All right, uh, Willie Taggart, not on your hot seat, man. Uh, right now, he's got one foot on the on the ground and a little harsh portion of him on a seat. But uh, he's hey, Will, Willie Taggart sitting soft and comfortably on the Godfather's lap. You give him a little baby bump. I, I, I think good uh, job, Willie. Good I, job, Willie. I think if you give, but if if he lasts a third year at FSU, if they don't run him out of town because those fans are just irrational, I think he'll he'll turn that whole program around. Let's see if he lasts and, a second year. And Jimbo Fisher was not well liked. I mean they. Especially the last year, people felt he just gave up on the whole program. Okay, so Jimbo Fisher, your biggest bum of the week. I, he's, he's my bum for what he did grabbing the player's face mask. Why does Jim Levitt, USF coach, get fired years back for, for giving a little baby slaps to a kid yeah. in the locker room, and then Jimbo Fisher yanks this dude's neck, almost tears yeah. him in half? How, how is he not in, under any heat for this? That's a good What's question. What's up with that? Does he think Jimbo Fisher's some type of coaching college football god? He, he didn't. Well, what he did, I thought, with the Jameis Winston fiasco up at FSU, I, I thought he, uh, I thought the whole mess up there was really, really horrible for that female. I mean, they just, they, they, she was trashed in the media. You know, what makes me sick is is not not the amount of money these guys are getting. That that plays a part in it, and and just the ridiculous bureaucracy in college football, but. Jimbo Fisher would never yank the face mask like that of Jameis Winston yeah. or his quarterback, right? But yet he's going to do it to another player, and you're treating your different players on, on your team with different levels of respect. To me, that's I would hate to play for a coach like that. The kid said the coach know, did what he needed to do, but what's he going to say? Yeah. You know, Tyrell Dodson. That, that's the old school type of coaching, you know, that, that Bobby Knight style taking it on the football field, I guess you could say, hey. but – you know, we'll we'll see. Obviously, not the greatest start for Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M, but a lot of people still consider them to be a pretty darn good football team. I, so, I, yeah, well, they they got the big matchup as we said this weekend. You know, they 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 got a big matchup hosting Kentucky, number thirteen ranked Kentucky Wildcats. Your biggest hero of the week, Mr. Allen Dell, as we wrap this podcast. Yeah, up. my biggest hero is Clemson backup quarterback Chase Bryce, who came off the bench, they had a key fourth down pass in the latter part of the game, and wound up. Taking Clemson Tigers to a victory. Okay, okay. Oh, and then we talk. Oh, you said you said your biggest upset. So that's Virginia Tech over Notre Dame, right? I can see that happening. Yes. Okay. All right. Final thoughts, just to wrap it up here, Mr. Allen. How do you want to close this podcast out? Go Willie. Hey, girl. Go how you doing? But, uh, you know what? I'd like to see uh, the Kentucky Wildcats 
go to that 6-0 for the first time in 1950. I don't know who the basketball coach was then. I don't think it was Adolph Rupp, but uh, that'd be a great thing for that program. How far does Kentucky jump in the rankings if they get this win? Because it's not against a ranked team. It's Yeah, it's at Texas A&M, and, and Kentucky's the underdog, but Kentucky's not getting love in the polls, man. Well, let's see how they, if they win, how much how solidly they win by, what the score is. They, they're still in the coaches' poll, which is absolutely ridiculous. They only moved up two spots after last week, and they're, st they're behind UCF. They're behind Wisconsin. In my opinion, I mean, that's here. Well, the We all know the coaches vote for their friends. They, go, they vote for their conferences. They go, they go for vote for their geographical area teams. Well, I'll, I'll give you this. They did move up four spots in the AP Top 25 poll after last week. So they're right behind UCF in that one, ahead of Sanford, ahead of Michigan, ahead of Miami, Oregon, et cetera, et cetera. I think you're going to see a big shakeup in the rankings this week because now that we're six games in after this weekend coming up, you're going to see a lot of teams go from one loss to two loss, one loss to two losses. And once you get to that two, that two loss mark, pollsters, writers, experts, et cetera, start to write you off as saying, oh, well, they got two losses. They have no more chance to make the playoffs. And that's going to be, that's going to be the truth for a lot of these teams, right? Absolutely. Maybe the most pressure-packed weekend for a lot of big-time college football programs, week six, coming up this weekend we hope we covered everything for you again this is the family feud sports podcast our weekly ncaa insider preview podcast looking at all the big things ahead for the upcoming week in college football i'm your host chris dell the mad journalist the godfather mr yeah, Adel, like i'm saying uh, if you want to put a few extra bucks in your pocket you might want to take those hokies and those points you right, kidding you me you heard it here first mr allen dell calling it virginia tech hokies upset the undefeated five and Notre and Dame points. Five go, get those points going in at five and a half that, that's a good number you can find mr allen dell the godfather on twitter at a dell sports you can find me on twitter at mad journalist that's mad journalist with two d's and Mr. Allen Dell, would you create a burner Instagram account today? I saw you followed me on Instagram. You got a, you got an egg profile in your picture, man. What's going on with that? An egg profile. Yeah, you got no you got no profile picture in your profile. Oh, okay. That's what they call it. That's the, that's your that's your new Godfather burner account on Instagram, huh? My man. Okay, all right. So, so responding to all the heat you're getting out for all these terrible pics, huh? Get away from me, a little shit. All right. We appreciate you tuning in, guys and gals. We'll see you next time. Peace out. What kind of shit is that? See right there? She's about to get your ass in the trap. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Miss Irma, how you doing? I'm great today, Steve. I hope you are. I'm just fine, ma'am. Now pronounce your last name. Britain, Britain, Britain. 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 Just like the country. Yeah, with two T's. <laughs> Britain with two T's. Miss Irma, I love you already. I loved you a long time, Steve. Yeah. Steve Harvey. This the family feuding. Baby mama drama. Got the family losing. Smoking. Out the front door fuming, I was just a student, now you look like foodie, yeah. hunger got me moving, starving artists too, I'm just being human, I'm a human being, I might start a movement, like the Carter too. when my bitch gets me cheating, we go shop for shoes, I'm getting even, I'm getting even more than that, more, more than that, yeah, switch pie, I want more than half, more than that. yeah, two say I want more than that, more than that, 
hot and ready like you ordered that. By the time you try to leave a nigga, I was already done being with you. Yeah. Me and me, gotta fight a nigga, pay me that door, I'm agreeing with you. Yeah. Pack up and take a demons with you, make sure. Make sure I'm done dealing with yeah. you. Whoa. Steve Harvey, bitch, the family feuding. Baby mama drama, got the family losing. Smoking backwards, out the front door feuding. How was you? Let me ask something, son, because I ain't never asked Kentucky. What is it that you love about?